Jesus there in the beginning with God at the creation. Jesus now with the Father at the right hand of his throne. Jesus at the end when he returns again. Jesus will always be. Before Abraham was, I am and he still exists to this day. And true children of God recognize Jesus as the great I am. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're going to look at a passage I titled Free Indeed, and I took it from the text itself. If the sun, we just sang this, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed, John 8, 36. And today we're going to see if the sun makes you free, John chapter 8, verses 30 through 36. If you were Abraham's children, verses 37 through 40. If God were your father, verses 41 through 47, and if anyone keeps my word, verses 48 through 59. So we have a lot of iffy stuff going on here. If the son makes you free, if you were Abraham's children, if God were your father, and if anyone keeps my word. Now, I titled this Free Indeed for another reason as well. When I was 17 years old, I started playing in a Christian band, and the first name of that band was free. We based the original name from John 8:36. Therefore, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that you have given us this morning. I pray, Father, that you would bless the teaching of this word this morning. Bless our hearts, Lord, to receive from you. Father, to give me the words to speak, but also, Lord, through your empowering of your Holy Spirit, Give us ears that we might hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This church, we pray, this day in the name of Jesus, amen. And we next see, if God were your father, verses 41 through 47, read it for context, you do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth, and I came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. 
He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, and you do not hear because you are not of God. Here they have the kind of a typical thing. You see it with children a lot, but adults do it as well. The Lord is speaking truth into their hearts, and they're rebelling against it. So they begin to accuse him falsely of things. And they begin with an accusation of his being born in fornication. Everyone knew that his mother Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She left. She was gone for three or four months and came back pregnant. And even Joseph knew that the child was not his. There was suspicion that surrounded Jesus. And now they bring it out saying, hey, we weren't born of fornication. We know who our father is. Our father is God. And so now the unbelieving Jews, they move from calling themselves children of Abraham to calling themselves children of God. And Jesus said, hey, if God were your father, I don't know if Jesus used threw a hay in there. That's something I like to do. The Lord is speaking truth into their hearts and they're rebelling against it. So they begin to accuse him falsely of things. Remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus, although at that point not truly a believer, he recognized there was something unique about Jesus. He recognized Jesus's origins, saying we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul gives us a clue of why some people just, they don't understand God's word. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That there's a work of the Holy Spirit that helps us understand the truth of God's word. And those who love Jesus well, they recognize that he came from God. They're willing to hear his words and doing so they understand his teachings. But they had the desire of their father. And here Jesus makes clear distinction that you are, in verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. And then he lays out some of the things that Satan was known for. First of all, that he was a murderer from the beginning. Secondly, that Satan does not stand in the truth. Third, that he has no truth in him. And fourth, that he is the father of lies. That he was a murderer from the beginning. Although Satan didn't actually kill Adam and Eve, through his lies, he manipulated them into eating the forbidden fruit, which first caused spiritual death, separation from God, and eventually caused their physical death. One generation later, we learned that Cain would lie to God and murder his brother. Truly, Cain would be a son of Satan. And in 1 John 3, verses 11 and 12, John reminds us of this, saying, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, 
that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one who murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's was righteous. As children of Satan, Satan a murderer from the beginning, and they desiring to murder Jesus at this point. But Satan also doesn't stand in the truth. He manipulated the truth of God's word. When he came to Eve in the garden, he said, has God indeed said? He questioned the very word of God. And it's what happens to people who are not willing to stand in the truth. In 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because of their itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and they will be turned aside to fables. They will not abide in the truth because there is no truth, Satan, no truth in him. It means he does not abide, does not stand, does not remain in the truth. And Paul talks about Satan and the coming of the lawless one in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10, that according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deceptions among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They have no truth in them. And Satan being the father of lies. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that whose minds the God of this age has blinded. They blinded them that they would not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ would shine upon them. They've been blinded. Satan is the father of lies. And the children of Israel of that day, these unbelieving Jews, Jesus plainly said, God's not your father. Satan is your father. But in contrast, we find Jesus in verses 45 through 47. In contrast, we find Jesus who told the truth, yet they refused to believe him. Even though they were convicted by his words, they challenged him. They told lies about him. If they were truly children of God, they would have believed in Jesus. All they could do was attack Jesus with lies. We find it. We find it in our politics. It's been going on for years, especially the last few years. Just the, the lies that you see going back and forth in the media are half-truths that you discover. It's what the people of Jesus' day were doing, these non-believing Jews were doing. They were casting lies. And yet Jesus spoke the truth to them. 1 Peter 2.22 tells us that he committed no sin. There was no de deceit found in his mouth. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He, he knew no sin. There was no deceit found in his mouth. He committed no sin. And yet the author of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like us. Though he knew no sin, he was able to sympathize with us. And as children of God, we need to love Jesus, willingly hear his truths. And finally, verses 48 through 59, we wrap it up. It tells us, then the Jews answered and said to him, 
Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? And Jesus said, I do not have a demon. I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your father. Yet you do not know him, but I know him. And if I say, I do not know him, then I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and when he saw it, and was glad. And the Jews said, you are not 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So we close out with the fourth if statement. If anyone keeps my word, Jesus comes back and he, he says, I honor my father. They attempted to divert their attention from themselves. They're being accused by Jesus. I believe that their hearts are guilt-ridden. And so now they, they said he's born of fornication. They said now that he is a Samaritan. He's a half-breed. And they also added on top of that that he had a demon in him. So they're attempting to divert the attention from themselves by bringing false accusation against Jesus. First, by calling him a Samaritan. Remember, they're born of fornication. We don't know who your father is, is what they were saying. And they're also saying he may not have been a Jew. He could have been a Samaritan, calling him a half-breed. And the Samaritans were despised among their people, but also Jesus himself. Isaiah 53.3 tells us, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid our face as if from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. They also said he was possessed by a demon. And they would later say in, in Mark 3.22 that he is of Beelzebub. That's a, a word that means the Lord of the flies. And by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. They had false accusation against him. And yet he reminded them that I am of the father and I seek only my father's glory. He also adds that I have power over death. And I love this. If the son has set you free, you shall be free indeed. That he who believes in me, he said, most assuredly, I say, he shall never see death. John 3.36, he who believes in the Son has life, everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ to gain that life. But they picked up on this and said, are you greater than our father? Again, they fall back to Abraham. 
Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets who spoke after him, they are also dead. Hey, they said, who do you make yourself out to be? You know, is Abraham dead? According to the word of God, he's not. He just changed locations. And the Bible tells us to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-one and 32, Jesus said, Concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what is spoken by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Abraham was alive. He had just changed location. But as God's only begotten son, Jesus was greater than Abraham. Jesus is greater than the prophets. And he tells us, my father, he honors me. He said, if I honor myself, if I bring testimony about myself, that brings nothing. And, and he's just falling back on, on the Jewish law that said that everything is confirmed by the mouths of two or three witnesses. Later on, he would say, I am one who give witness of myself, and my father also gives witness of me. And although the unbelieving Jews believed that God was their father, God brought honor to Jesus. God glorified Jesus. And this honor came through his work on the cross. The greatest honor that the Father bestowed upon Jesus was through the work of Jesus upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus would pray in that great priestly prayer in John 17, 1. Jesus spoke these words and he lifted up his eyes to heaven. And he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that your son may glorify you. That hour is speaking about the cross, of how Jesus brought glory to his father. And Abraham seeing that day, first we find through the promised seed of Abraham, that God spoke to Abraham saying in Genesis twenty-two eighteen, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Seeing that day through the promise of the coming Messiah, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But we learned this also in our vacation Bible school last week, that through Christophanies, the pre-Bethlehem appearances of Jesus Christ, that Abraham possibly twice saw Jesus, his pre-Bethlehem appearance in Genesis 14, when Abraham met Melchizedek, the king and the priest of Salem, but also in Genesis 22, when Abraham met the angel of the Lord at Mount Moriah. The writer of Hebrews speaks about Melchizedek in Hebrews 7, 1 through 3. He says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, and the priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, but also the king of Salem, the king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor the end of life, but like the son of God, remains a king forever. Abraham saw your day. And then he closes out. And the Jews saying in verse 57, but you're not 50 years old. Actually, we know according to the word that Jesus began his ministry at about the age of 30. And so we have it in the gospel, uh, the age of Jesus's ministry. He spent three years ministering in the gospels, 
which would make him right around 32 or 33 years old at this time. I don't know if stress of ministry was upon Jesus. They equated him to being not yet 50 years old here. But Jesus came back and he said these famous words, Most assuredly I say to you, verse 58, Before Abraham was, I am. The Greek word is ego imi, translated as I am. And we find the I am statements of Jesus Christ. This isn't included in this. There's seven of them in the Gospel of John. The I am statements that Jesus would make. He would say that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate of the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I must have miscounted here. And I am the true vine. I got six there. I missed one somewhere. But the seven I am statements that's found in the Gospel of John, we'll rehearse those again for you. But here he says, I am ego in me. I am. And the Jews understood exactly what Jesus was doing here. He was claiming the very name of God. That's why it tells us in verse 59 that they pick up stones to throw at him. They were ready to stone him to death because he equated himself to God. It's the same name that God used when Moses asked there in the wilderness, when I go back to Egypt and I tell the Jews that you have sent me, what name do I give them? And in Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to Israel, I am, have sent you to me. I am. And that's what Jesus said here. He used the very name of God before Abraham was, I am. And this is true. That Jesus, his beginning wasn't there in Bethlehem. Prophecy revealed this in Micah 5, 2, where it tells us that you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me one who is born ruler of Israel, who's going forth are from old of everlasting. Jesus there in the beginning with God at the creation. Jesus now with the Father at the right hand of his throne. Jesus at the end when he returns again. Jesus will always be. Before Abraham was, I am, and he still exists to this day. And true children of God recognize Jesus as the great I am. The question is, has the Lord Jesus Christ set you free? The word tells us that the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And it could be that you're dependent upon, well, your heritage. Well, my mom and dad took me to church growing up as a kid. I'm a believer because of that. You never had a time in your life where you actually accepted Christ as your Savior. But you're dependent upon the knowledge that you learned. It's a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. The important thing is that you allow the head knowledge to become heart knowledge. And that happens through faith in Jesus Christ. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. But if Jesus doesn't set you free, then all that is left is that you remain in bondage, in bondage to sin. And Jesus would say, a child of Satan. There might be a lot of different races and countries in this world. I think the count of countries is right around 196 countries in our world today. And I've seen that number move back and forth just slightly by one or two 
There might be a lot of different countries, nationalities, but there are only two different types of children in this world. Those who are children of God and those who refuse to believe in God through faith in Jesus Christ. It is my hope that you have chosen to believe Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. It's only through Jesus that we can be set free. And because we are set free, he tells us, not only are we free indeed, but we shall not see death. And that means that we may die physically. We shall live forevermore in heaven's glory with our Savior Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for what it teaches us. And help us, Lord, to be true children, Lord, children of faith. And because of the work, Jesus, you have done on the cross, we open our hearts to you now to receive from you, Lord, this very hour, that which you would have for us. If there are those, Lord, who have never received you as Savior, I pray that they would do that this day. And for those of us, Lord, who are your children, help us, Lord, to abide and to remain and to walk in your ways always, that, Lord, we would have fruit that would show that we are children of God. And it's my prayer for us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.